whoever is listening, however you are listening, I want to welcome you back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 29. Guys, as always, thank you for the wonderful support you guys continue to pour on the podcast. We have just reached 1,600 plays for the entire show. That is an amazing achievement. We are so close to 2,100 subscribers. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, if you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star review, subscribing, or leaving us a comment to see what you want to have on the show next. And it lets us know that you really, really enjoy what you're listening to. Guys, I want to give a little update where we are, and then we're going to get into the meat of the show. And I am super excited for today. So let's talk. I was continuingly, I was trying to commit to a three post, like posting three podcast episodes a week. And I just started coaching for my former high school football team, and it's been kind of just getting adjusted to this new schedule. I actually want to bring the head coach on for an interview on his, he's a former college football player. You guys would love it, and I think that he's a great man. It's Coach J.W. Myers. If he's listening right now, shout out to him. He's building a great program at Pinewood Football. That is something to look forward to. So let's talk about what we're going to be doing moving forward. I am going to try to commit to more episodes per week, and we're going to start doing divisional breakdowns. We're going to go through each NFL division and really get into the meat of their schedule, key players, key draft picks, and really what we tried to do last year for that first episode of the podcast. If you guys go back, it was an AFC East breakdown because I'm a big Patriots guy, as you guys probably know. I try to keep that aside when I'm doing these podcasts, but I did a divisional breakdown, and I thought it was okay, and it was kind of what I want to model when what we do moving forward, but I think I've gained a lot of experience since then. We've actually done, it'll be 30 episodes since then, and it's kind of insane how it's progressed and built, so I'm really excited about that moving forward, so keep on keep on the lookout for that. That'll be coming soon, especially when training camp starts and OTAs and things really start to move into motion. You'll see how NFL teams are built, what they're like, what they want to deliver on this season. It's really exciting stuff, so today I want to go in through a couple things. We're going to do a couple housekeeping items. We're going to do Tim Tebow, the whole mess behind that, and why I think that we need to give Urban Meyer some slack. He's learning how to be an NFL head coach. We're going to talk about Blake Bortles, the boat, signing with the Packers. What is Green Bay doing, and what are they going to be next year? We're going to talk about the schedule release, my favorite nine games, and why, and just a couple tidbits on those matchups. And then, obviously, if you guys have matchups that you want to see moving forward, please let me know. It is such an exciting time, and only the NFL can get away with doing a three-hour schedule release and having millions of people be like, wow, schedule release, and obviously I'm one of those suckers because I'm making a podcast about it, and then we're going to cut and do bold predictions. I know you guys love those, and you probably will be like, whoa, 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 but general reaction. If I get bigger reaction from you guys, then that's perfect for me. All right. I want to start by talking about Tim Tebow, the quarterback or former quarterback for the Denver Broncos, Jets, Patriots, former minor league baseball player, current SEC analyst. Tim Tebow's everywhere. So if you guys haven't kept up with the news this week, the Jaguars signed tight end and now tight end Tim Tebow to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think it depends on where you look at things. You'll find varying opinions. You'll find He's taking away somebody's roster spot. He's a distraction. He's a great guy. He'll be able to lead this team, and he knows how to be a pro. There's, You'll find so many varying opinions, and I just wanted to condense it all. I wanted to look at it from a different angle, and I was like, guys, 
Urban Meyer's been an NFL head coach for probably what four months. He's been in this. He's been used to this recruiting pipeline in college football. Former Utah Utes head coach, former Florida Gators head coach, floor, former Ohio State head coach. He's been used to this recruiting these big names, these big guys. And I think you saw it in his draft and the way he drafted those guys. He went for Trevor Lawrence, obviously. I think he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Trevor Lawrence. That's my big thing. If there was anybody else at number one, I think Urban Meyer would have taken it. Would have taken a lot more coaxing for somebody to come out of retirement and a great job at Fox to just really get back into that coaching job, a coaching job that he's not very familiar with. So he takes Trevor Lawrence at one, a big name in Travis Etienne. He took Walker Little from Stanford, took Tyson Campbell from Georgia, those big schools, those big names, and probably some of these kids that he probably recruited to come to Ohio State. And you get that familiarity. He's going to have to learn, hey, this is recruiting. We're trying to get guys that fit into this system, this culture. And it's really all about him learning to be this head coach. This first year is going to be really tough because I think a lot of people are going to expect him to do one thing. And he hasn't really crossed that line yet. I think Urban Meyer, it's going to be a process. And I think him and Trevor Lawrence are going to have to do this too together. They're going to have to learn how to be pros. They're going to have to learn how to be professionals within football because they've been in this college system for so long. Trevor Lawrence has been under the spotlight for so long. So now a, a franchise that's normally been kind of in the shadows, kind of lurking around. I mean, they had that 2018 AFC Championship game. They kind of haven't been really relevant for a long time. And so now that you bring out Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, two really big names in the spotlight for the last couple of years, they're going to have be a franchise that's not really used to having the lights all on them. And how do they react to that? How do they process that? Urban Meyer's going to have to have to learn how to be an NFL head coach and deal with with the spotlight of being this new bright franchise that's supposed to be good for the next foreseeable future, especially drafting a phenomenal player like Trevor Lawrence and generational talent. You bring a generational coach like Urban Meyer in the college scene and take him in the NFL. How does that work? And then this Tim Tebow thing happens and that adds more lights, a team that's not used to those lights. And you see players that are really pissed off that they signed Tim Tebow. How does that react in the locker room? Do we, how do we find a way to make this? I'm trying to find a positive light for this. And obviously, I don't think Tim Tebow is going to make the roster. And I I know I just said, I'm trying to find a positive light for this. And then I say, he's not going to make the roster. But he's trying to learn a new position. It's probably a very, very non-guaranteed contract. Tim Tebow really doesn't need that money. It's just, I think it's, it's a headline that's probably going to be forgotten about in the summer He'll go through the training camp process when they have that 53-man cut. I doubt he'll make it. It's asking a quarterback to block defensive linemen for a living and catching passes and getting brutally hit. I mean, you've seen hits like Bronkowski and Travis Kelsey take. It's not really a position that a QB... It's like saying, hey, Peyton Manning, I know you've been out of the NFL for six years. It's been actually it's been a long time, six, five years. Go play tight end. And Peyton Manning's like, what? No, I don't want to play tight end. I don't want to block. I want to throw the football. <laughs> and there's a clip with Tim Tebow playing. Like they were figuring out how to use him with the Jets, and he played tight end for like a snap, and it hit him in the face. And that's not like what's gonna happen now. I think he's been training, but I don't think that this Tim Tebow thing is as big as it looks. It's just a name, and I think Urban Meyer's got to learn the temperature of the room, how these things work, the process of it. It's just a big learning curve. I think what we need to take away from year one with Urban Meyer is learning curve. It's going to be tough for him. How does he react to that process? That's what I have on Urban Meyer.
All right, I want to talk about Blake Bortles real quick with the Green Bay Packers. And what in the world is Green Bay? There's a lot to take in with Blake Bortles being signed with the Packers because I feel like Blake Bortles is kind of like the Jaguars that drafted him to be their franchise savior. He's been kind of lurking in the shadows, but they had that one run in 2018, and he was pretty good. He was able to make good decisions. He did. He was more like a game manager, kind of a lesser version of what Baker Mayfield can be now. And I think that Blake Bortles on the Packers, let's let's throw out that I'm going to throw a curveball, y'all. Let's say Aaron Rodgers gets traded. Do you take Blake Bortles and just try to keep developing Jordan Love? Because Jordan Love is going to be eventually the guy. Because you drafted him for a reason. You drafted him to replace Aaron Rodgers, and you pissed Aaron Rodgers off enough to trade him away. So there's this whole cycle, and there's this whole domino effect. Does Blake Bortles really be... Is Blake Bortles really going to be your QB? I think maybe for a year. But this is with if Aaron Rodgers gets traded out. I think what is Green Bay going to be? Because... You got Matt LaFleur, who's gone 13 and 3 and 13 and 3, back to back NFC Championship games, and it's his first big curveball as a head coach because now Aaron Rodgers is out. He doesn't want to be in, he doesn't want to play for your team anymore. And it's kind of like a man, what the heck am I gonna do? I've had this this stability, this stature within Green Bay, and now it's kind of turned itself on its head. How do I react as a head coach? How do I build this new team? Because I think Green Bay's got a solid roster overall. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers isn't getting first-round receivers, but he's got Devontae Adams, he's got A.J. Dillon, he's got Aaron Jones, he's got a solid defense. Yes, the corners in the second era weak, but they are really good at developing those corners for the most part, and I think Eric Stokes wasn't the best corner from Georgia, but I think that they'll do a good job of developing him. Again, this is me trying to be positive in this really crazy scenario where there's a lot of negativity being poured on the Packers and Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is like, I want to get out of Green Bay. And you're like, whoa, 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 let's calm down for a second. It's a lot of, let's process it, let's take it in for what it is. If Aaron Rodgers gets traded to something like Denver, that'd be insane. We have to like make an emergency podcast. And be like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. It, it'd be wild. But Blake Bortles, it's just, I think, Green Bay signing an emergency QB, trying to recover just in case they get Aaron Rodgers and he gets shipped out to a Denver or a Las Vegas, it'd be wild, but at least they'd have security. Like, you could have Blake Worlds come in, learn the offense, and be competent. Unless you think Jordan Love can play, and it doesn't really look like they can because they just put sound a quote from the GM saying he's got a long way to go. And I don't know if that's trying to pander to Aaron Rodgers and be like, hey, we kind of need you to come back. We still love you. And Aaron Rodgers is like, no, I will not do that. And so they're like, crap, what do we do? Because Jordan Love, they've seen him in practice for so long, and I've watched a lot of podcasters like interviewing these NFL players. Like, how long does it take to be able to tell if these guys can play? And they're like, oh, almost immediately you can tell if these guys are legitimate NFL stars or not. And it's like, wow, you can tell that fast? Okay. So if they can tell that fast with Jordan Love, then why haven't they pulled the trigger? Why haven't they been more aggressive in trade talks? They might want Aaron Rodgers to come back. That might be something to look out for. All right, so the NFL schedule released yesterday. And yeah, you have your leaks and you have your opponents already out there. But I think what I want to take away from this before we break, I want to go through my matchups that I really, really like. And then I want to talk about when and where, why it matters. Actually, I want to start with that right now. I really think it's important, not only who you play, but when you play. Because I think with a lot of teams, you start slow and then you start really hot. And I think it matters a lot for these rookie QBs too, especially in a year where you're finally going to get a training camp and an OTA. A lot of new sessions, on-field reps, those mental reps are going to be so huge and so important. I think that's what they needed to really do over those Zoom calls. Like, Joe, 
Justin, to uh, you guys need to take mental reps on these Zoom calls. And you're like sitting in your office at home or your bedroom. You're like, man, this stinks. You want to be out in the field. You want to have the pads on. You want to be playing. These QBs will get that chance, at least in a limited sense, depending on what the atmosphere is for the NFL, how they feel about the virus moving forward. But I think with especially with teams like New England, Atlanta, the Chicago Bears, teams that have rookie QBs, teams that normally start slow and then really build it up in November and December, it really matters for some of these teams, who they play, when they play. I love to look at, look at especially we'll do this with the divisional breakdowns, I love to look at when these teams play. Can they get hot for a certain amount of time and then does it fizzle out or do they continue to be consistent? I think with New England, especially this year, they're going to be taking a new QB in with Mac Jones. They got Cam Newton on year two. He's going to get his chance to have OTAs. A lot of these new QBs that signed last year, they're going to get their chance to get comfortable because 2020 was a year where it really asked you, how are you under uncomfortable situations? How are you dealing with pressure? And I think Cam Newton, and for a part, he was really good. He got COVID and kind of screwed him over for a little bit. But I think a lot of these QBs that performed really well, like Herbert, like Joe Burrow, I think Tua will, the verdict's still out on that. How did you perform under pressure? And when did you perform under pressure? A lot of this when and where stuff matters. And we'll really dive into that for the divisional breakdowns. All right, I really want to get into these nine matchups really quickly, and then we'll break for the bold predictions. Let's... Let's do actually, let's cut these in half because I got nine. Let's do four. Let's break and then we'll do the remaining five and then we'll do our bold predictions. All right, I have set it out. It's ready. You guys are ready? All right, let's go. My top nine matchups that I really am looking forward to. If you guys got matchups that you want to see me break down or you yourself are interested in, make a comment or DM us on the official Mammoth Planet screen. That is the MWP underscore. That is the MWP underscore. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube and send us a comment on what you want to see. So the first one, and it's like, you're going to go, duh, it's the Bucks and the Pats. Obviously, Belichick and Brady, they're going to face off for the first time in their NFL careers. How is that going to pan out? Is Belichick going to be saving all of his resources for that one game just so he can take Brady down and stop that narrative? Or are the Bucks going to come in and steamroll the New England Patriots, a team that is kind of faltered since Brady has left? That is something to look out for. The Packers and the Chiefs, what will the Packers be? Mahomes, obviously, with the Chiefs are must-watch, but with Aaron Rodgers, we got robbed of that two years ago. It was supposed to be Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. It ended up being Matt Moore versus Aaron Rodgers. The Chiefs and the Bills, a rematch of the AFC Championship game, guys. I love Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. I think the Bills are going to win the division again this year and take a massive step. I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, they get a camp. These guys didn't even get a camp last year, and they were that good. It's going to be so much fun to watch their chemistry develop, the Buffalo Bills develop as a team. They've been in through a deep playoff run. They are learning on their feet, and they're ready to go. Cowboys-Bucks week one kickoff. Woo! Dak Prescott returns with a big paycheck. How does he lead his new team against the Buccaneers, who are going to be defending their Super Bowl title? And you know with Brady, they're never going to get complacent. They're always hungry. They're always looking out for the next one. Lions-Rams, Stafford versus Goff. They flip-flop teams. How does that react? Is Dan Campbell bite off Stafford's knee? All jokes aside, I think that Stafford is going to be really anxious for this game. He's going to want to prove to everybody, this was Detroit's problem. This was not mine. I'm a top 10 QB in the league. I just needed the right team around me. Lions-Rams, week 7. Jags-Patriots. 
it's like the ultimate QB versus the ultimate genius in Bill Belichick because Trevor Lawrence will have a lot of time to get his feet wet in the NFL. You've seen Deshaun Watson toast Belichick his rookie year. They didn't win, but Deshaun Watson gave him some fits. Does Trevor Lawrence do the same? Rookie QBs against Belichick are very, very bad. It's not a good record. I think Tua actually broke one of that spell last year. He had one of those wins against a struggling Patriots team. Do the Jaguars... Could they, this be a playoff matchup? Could this be a seven-seed matchup? Are the Jacksonville Jaguars going to be good enough, or is New England going to be good enough? That's something to look out for. The Panthers and the Jets. Sam Darnold versus his former team. Where's the problem lie is what I want to see. Does Zach Wilson in his first game show the Jets that he's ready to be a franchise QB? That is something very interesting. All right, we're going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to go through our final two matchups. I'm really excited to talk about these two, and then we'll go through my bold predictions. I have three that I really like, and then you guys can get mad at me, DM me, comment at me, and say I'm an idiot. I'm ready for it. This is the Mammoth Plan Podcast, episode 29. We'll be right back. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 29. Guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the schedule release episode for this podcast. It's really amazing how the NFL can get away with doing three hours of schedule release. I, I was sitting there and I was like, man, I'm ready. I'm going to take notes. I'm so excited. And then like an hour into it, they brought in, they brought Joe Buck, Al Michaels, and Jim Nance, all legends within their respective field. And they just talked for like a half hour. I was like, man. They really found any way to be able to milk this out and talk about matchups and there are certain TV broadcasting matchups. It's pretty cool, and it was pretty fascinating to see. I actually, I think, did I? I didn't write any notes about it, but I was really fascinated with that. That's something that I would aspire to be a part of that group and have. Joe Buck actually had Al Michaels and uh, Jim Nance poster. He had posters of them on his desk and stuff. It was pretty funny, and so you just see the respect between the three of them. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. All right, I want to go into our last two matchups, why they matter, why they're important, some headlines and stuff like that like we did before, and then we got the bold predictions, and that'll wrap us up for today. All right, let's go Browns-Chiefs week one. AFC divisional rematch. I think the Browns got robbed here. I think that they missed a couple calls in this game. Does Baker Mayfield redeem himself? Does Cleveland win their first week one game since 2004? I don't think if they lose this game, people are going to panic necessarily. Cleveland's a good team. They've got a decent schedule. They'll be able to rebound. I just like the matchup, Baker Mayfield versus Mahomes. Two great NFL QBs. One obviously is better than the other, but I think Cleveland's got a better roster. I'm going to say it. I think Cleveland's got a really good roster. I think they got a great chance to make a significant leap this year. If Baker Mayfield plays as good as he did last year, Cleveland could be a Super Bowl contender. You guys heard that now. If that's a fourth bold prediction, I'm putting it out there. I really like Cleveland this year. And then we got the Jets and the Jags, one versus two, Zach Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence. I wrote down later as a date for this game because I'm not particularly sure when they play, but I think it's later on in the season, so they're both going to have experience. They're both going to have their feet wet. They're practically NFL veterans at this point. Will they be able to put on a show as their teams are looking to rebound and dig themselves out of the holes that they've been in as franchises? That is an exciting matchup. Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson. Ooh, it'll be really fun. Urban Meyer versus Robert Saleh, too. Two 
philosophy-wise head coach, very different. I think Robert Sales is more defensive. I think Urban Meyer is more offensive philosophy head coach. It'll be really cool to watch. All right, guys, some bold predictions. I know you guys are ready for this. I'm, I can see you typing now on your keyboard or typing on your phone to message me on my personal Instagram or my actual. You're an idiot, but here we go. Number one, the Bucks and the Texans. One will have the worst record in the NFL, and one will have the best record in the NFL. And dare I say, way these teams will both go winless and undefeated. I think Tampa Bay, I want to really look at their schedule. I have it written down. This is something I really wanted to get into. All right, hear me out on this. The Bucks start off with the Cowboys, Falcons, Rams, Patriots, Dolphins. They have a really nice little flow. Their schedule really flows well. They got nice stretches of home games. They got their away games aren't too far away. New England, I think Brady's gonna trounce. I think I think Brady's gonna have his way with New England. I think he's gonna be mad. I think he's gonna be pissed off. He's gonna be more motivated than ever. I think both sides are gonna be more motivated than ever, but I think Brady's team's just gonna be more talented. Some marquee games like the Bills, that'll be really fun, but they're at home. Brady, historically against AFC East, even without the Patriots, I think he'll continue that trend. He's going to play the NFC East, a historically weak division. Washington might give him some hiccups with that offensive line, but Tampa Bay's improving. That offensive line was actually very good in the playoffs against Chase Young and that really dominant D-line. The Jets and the Panthers, to wrap up the season, that could be really interesting. Will the Panthers even challenge the Bucks this year? The Saints... How does Jameis Winston do? I have really feel good about the Bucks having the best record in the NFL. And then the Texans. I just wrote down yikes. I have their schedule. They're going to play the Jags. They play the AFC North. It's it's a lot of teams that I'm really not confident about. They play the Browns and the Jags to start. Trevor Lawrence's first game with the weapons that he has, that could be a tough one. Do the Texans even have Deshaun Watson? What is Deshaun Watson's legal situation? I have no idea. I will not get into it. I don't think he even wants to play, regardless if he's cleared of all the accusations. David Mills, as the starting QB, it'll be like a David Carr situation, where he's thrown straight into a fire that he's not ready for, and it's going to be an absolute disaster. I think Houston is going to have the worst record in the NFL. Could they go winless? Sure. They could have a team that hiccups, and then they beat. It, it was kind of like the Patriots last year, but the difference was is that they had Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, players that really cared about their team, their record. And they don't have that this year. They don't have that leadership that they la- that they had last year. Deshaun Watson put up MVP numbers, and they still went 4-12. It could be a rough year for the Houston Texans. All right, number two. Two on my list. Pittsburgh is going to miss the playoffs, guys. I've never really been a big fan of Ben Roethlisberger. I don't like the way he works. I don't really like his game all that much. I think that Ben Roethlisberger could, would have benefited from retirement. And I think he's a fantastic player. I just don't like the way he's played, taking care of his body. I think that they're Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, guys that really cared about their body and they want to prolong their career. I don't think Roethlisberger's looking to play till he's 45. I think he's a great quarterback, Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer for sure. But I just don't like Pittsburgh this year. I think that they're going to have a significantly weaker roster than the rest of AFC North. Cincinnati's getting better. Baltimore is going to be super good. Cleveland, I picked them to win the division. I think that Pittsburgh is going to be in for a tough year, especially when you're playing divisional opponents that really came at your throat last year and won't stop. Pittsburgh is going to miss the playoffs. And number three, I have the Chargers taking that big step and competing to win that division. I think the Chargers made fantastic moves this offseason. They made a fantastic hire with the Rams defensive coordinator. God. The name is right on the tip of my tongue, but I will get it to you guys in a second. 
They had fantastic offensive linemen like Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley. I think their offense is going to be stellar this year. Austin Eckler, Derwin James is going to be back. I think that they're going to have to win a lot of games to compete for that division, but I think it'll be really, really good football to watch in that AFC West between the Chargers and the Chiefs. I think that Herbert takes that next step. He'll be proving that he was the best QB in that class. Chargers take a big leap long with the Chicago Bears, especially with a Rodgers list division, and the Patriots take a big step. Not saying that they'll win the Super Bowl or anything like that, but I think all three of those teams have a really great shot of making the playoffs and really showing that they're there to stay. I think Justin Fields went in the perfect position with Chicago. Aaron Rodgers being out of the picture could really help them as that leaves two games on the schedule that you could probably win pretty easy. Facing off against Blake Bortles, that'd be a fun team to watch, especially with Chicago's defense. Allen Robinson gets a QB. Ooh, Chicago could be a team to watch out for. All right, guys, that does my bold predictions. See, tell me what you think, and I will definitely, definitely keep you guys updated on what's to come. Guys, that was episode 29 of the Man With The Plan podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you stuck through the entire way, thank you for all your support. It means so much to me. You guys rock. It is so much fun doing this, and you look out for more and great episodes on the way. Guys, have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic weekend, and as always, take care.